I just want to turn up at strength in depth and regardless of the results, um, just kind of like put on a good show. It's like, this is my last year and to be at a semi-finals, uh, like in front of the home crowd is just going to be amazing. Hi everyone, it's Tom from Chalking Fitness. Thanks very much for tuning into the podcast. I am delighted to be sharing with you the 100th episode of the Choking Fitness Podcast, and I'm honoured to be able to welcome none other than Sam Briggs. I really do hope you enjoy the episode, and do be sure to take a listen back to the many coaches, athletes, and members of the UK CrossFit community that I've been fortunate to speak to over the last 100 episodes. Also, do be sure to follow Choking Fitness on Instagram, at Choking Fitness, where you'll find plenty more UK-centric content. Obviously, be sure to like, subscribe, share, and all that good stuff. But equally, sit back, listen up, and enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Chalking Fitness Podcast. I'm delighted to be putting this out this week uh, as we very quickly approach uh, CrossFit strength in depth. There's going to be many UK athletes taking to the floor uh, in London, and I'm delighted to be welcoming one of them today to the podcast and really delighted to be welcoming Sam Briggs to the podcast. So Sam, welcome. No, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's extra special, actually. Um, this should be, if I've lined it up properly, is going to be the, the 100th episode of the Shocking Fitness podcast as well. And I mean, I can't think of anyone better to kind of get on to kind of, especially with the, the UK centric theme that I try to have is to kind of get someone like, like you on is, uh, is kind of re- really cool. Oh, awesome. No, thank you. Hopefully, um, hopefully it's a special 100th episode. <laughs> Well, it definitely will be. So yeah, no, thanks. I know I said before we started recording, like, you know, thanks very much for, for your time. I know the focus is on, on kind of like, you know, semifinals prep, you know, kind of training hard. So to, to sit down with you after you're kind of relaxing after training, it's a, it's, it's a great privilege. So thanks. No problem. So w- there's so much we could talk about. I think I kind of counted up, you've got kind of like 13 seasons worth of experience. Um, <laughs> but you have kind of like, you know, you've, you've, you've put your book out and then I was I really enjoyed listening to you talk to Peter from Coffee Pods and Wads on a podcast in like I think September last year so like you know I've no desire just to kind of like try to get you go year by year I think you've done some great work on kind of sharing your story already do you like have you enjoyed that kind of process of reflecting like both in terms of writing the book I know you had your open letter as well when you were announcing that this was going to be final year as an individual is it is it something you kind of like get quite a lot of uh, joy from uh, yeah I mean like I think sometimes like you're so focused on kind of like where you're at right now and where where you're trying to like go now you forget about like all the things that you've done uh, and like what you've actually achieved it's not until you start looking back and you start reflecting on those that the memories come back a lot of the time you're so laser focused on this week's training like uh, my goal right now is strength and depth so you kind of like just tunnel vision on, on that and you you sometimes forget about everything that's like come before that yeah I, I can I can only imagine that the t- kind of tunnel vision and it's kind of like laser focused from like one stage to another and and I guess like over the years we've seen like the Rogue Invitational, Waterpalooza, Dubai CrossFit Championships like is it like an off-season hardly exists so I guess did you have to really make effort to kind of to find that time to kind of like reflect uh yeah I mean like you kind of um 
you kind of learn from your mistakes in, in that respect. Uh, like in the past, uh, there has been years where I've uh, maybe done too much in the, the off season. So you never actually really have an off season. Uh, and I suppose it's something that comes with experience. You learn to uh, then pick like which competitions do you want to do instead of having to do like all of them. I think especially in the early days, you kind of feel like, oh, there's a competition, I've got to do it. Where it's like, okay, let's be sensible and like pick and choose which ones are going to be the best mm-hmm. ones to do. Uh, not necessarily the the best um, as in the programming or who's going to be there, but the best in the timing. Because uh, a lot of the times the competitions are really good at like if we're trying a new training block, it's like, okay, can we focus on this competition, try out these new like training blocks, see how that works out, and then we still have enough time if we need to correct anything before we then like do the training blocks again before the the game season actually begins. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's interesting. Um, talking about you, listening to you, kind of speaking then, but equally speaking before you, you often refer to kind of like we, and I guess then you're talking about yourself and and your coach, your coaches. Yeah. So like James James Jowsey is someone I've spoken to, someone I know you've kind of been working with for over a decade now. I, I think if I, I must have started around 2012, is that right? Oh, yeah. So like he was actually uh, at the games with me in 2011. Uh, And then we were working together until 2014. And we didn't part ways through anything bad. It was just literally that I was moving out to the state. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, there wasn't really that much kind of like uh, on look online and remote programming he just worked with people in person Uh, and it was back in then in 2016 uh, when I needed shoulder surgery that I started working back with him okay to try and come back after surgery and get back into competing so we had a break for two years but other Mm. than that like being with him pretty much from the start yeah. And and so then like the sport has developed so much in like the last kind of like, well, over a decade. So has there been a lot of exploring together? Like you say, like picking which off-season competition to do. There's there's no real playbook for that, right? Because it's this we know the season structure will change, right? But equally new competitions pop up here and there. So has it been a um, you know, when I spoke to kind of James, it was very much a kind of like, you know, theory, test, review, go again. Yeah, um, and I think like I've probably been a little bit of a, a, a kind of project for, for him, I suppose. <laughs> um, just well, very different um, because obviously the first when I first worked with him, uh, all he did was the movement mechanics, and mm-hmm. I worked with uh, Carl Stedman, who was the, so they worked together. He did my CrossFit programming, did Carl, and Joust did all my movement stuff. So when I came back to him in 2016, he was going to take over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the time then was uh, rehabbing me and bringing me back from surgery. Um, we got back in 2017 and I was uh, hitting uh, my like pre-surgery numbers, everything. Uh, going into the 2018 season, I was... Uh, equally as strong if not better than I was um, in the 2016 season Uh, and then unfortunately the elbow went as well Mm -hmm. so again it was kind of 
rehab me, uh, get me back to competing. So there's been a, a lot of times where it's not just been your usual uh, progressions through the CrossFit season. We've had like major surgeries in there to overcome. Uh, adding then that I've also been approaching 40, so training volumes and different, um, being able to train smarter mm. has been like a big experiment. Um, and then unfortunately towards the end of last year, uh, just the issues with my knee now have been, mm. again, like how much can we, how much volume can we do? We know what we need to be doing, but we know like, uh, kind of like minimum amounts of training where can we where can we find new ways of getting the legs stronger without uh, negatively impacting the the knee so uh, i just come up with lots of problems for him <laughs> <laughs> oh and i guess that's uh it's, it's learning opportunities for both of you right that's what they're <laughs> that's one way of uh, phrasing it I've, I've done a great job of diving straight in. Uh, normally, I'm like, I have my set warm-up questions and I am going to pull myself back because, like I say, there's so much we could talk about, but I am going to make sure I, uh, I kind of get the warm-up questions in. Um, so the first warm-up question I normally go with is uh, I always ask my guests, like, what would their birthday workout be? If, and you can choose three movements. Um, oh. Uh, probably some ring muscles in there. Um, like whenever anybody like asks about a workout, like I think back to regionals when it was the the Nasty Girls version two. Mm-hmm. Like, like Nasty Girls was always one of my favorite workouts anyway. And then uh, yeah, the version two was pretty good. So <laughs> nice. I did I did a version. We did the Nasty Girls. Uh, in a weighted vest so maybe we just go for that (laughs) (laughs) nice brilliant Um, have you found that like the the say the training I mean you talked there about you've been a bit of a project and that like as you approach 40 but equally kind of like kind of coming back from injury getting back to kind of full strength has the kind of like the type of training that you enjoy has that kind of like evolved over the years as well um I like I love training and that's probably why I've stayed kind of in the spot as long as I have, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not just the competing side of things. Like even if I wasn't still uh, competing, I would still be in the, the gym training. Mm-hmm. I, I love doing that. Um, and that's why I started CrossFit in the first place. So uh, there isn't much in training that Maybe at the time I might not enjoy it, but then afterwards <laughs> I have. There's definitely some pieces that you get where you're like, why am I doing this? Uh, that sounds like I was listening to Emma talk about her training recently and, and it's the, some of that resonated, you know. I know there's a, there's a common factor there between you both. <laughs> uh, she likes to go dark a lot more than I do. Like I <laughs> I save that for competition time. I, I find it hard to go dark in training, whereas she she goes dark quite regularly <laughs> oh right well there we go that's a bit of that's a bit of insight i'm going to come back onto that in a second when i've done my second warm question which i if i if i manage to fit it in it's always about music so now you're out westchester ohio right that's that's yeah. home for you you know you're you're over this side of the atlantic at the moment but that's home like has that kind of like has moving to ohio and being kind of based in the the us has that influenced like say the music that you train to 
Uh, no, I um, I influence my training partner's music. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the music you've taken with you then? Uh, I like all the EDM, like kind of techno. Um, like I just like a good beat when I'm training. So uh, they they got used to my music. <laughs> Fantastic, great, great to know. There's that that's kind of got, I've made it over the pond, right? I, I kind of wondered whether you're going to be like more kind of a, a bit of bit of country and kind of like Midwest music, but no, I, no I EDM. Country, no. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a few occasions where we walk into the gym and like country might be on, and now the the girls who I train with are so used to my music, they're like, "Oh my god, what's this?" I'm like, it's- <laughs> <laughs> uh awesome awesome no thanks so uh, uh, yeah forgive me for dragging us back to the warm-up there but you know we always know never skip the warm-up right we're both masters athletes yep. we know that's important <laughs> always got a warm-up <laughs> um so i want to talk a little bit um so for those there'll be many listening here and you'll have been kind of at the pinnacle of the sport for longer than they may have actually been following the methodology or or competing themselves and and like the the growth of the sport over the last 10 years has been you know I think when you're inside the bubble maybe you kind of don't get it relative enough but it seems astronomical right from within the bubble like I imagine when you won the games in 2013 that thrust you into the limelight that existed at the moment but how does that limelight compare from 2013 say compared to now with the kind of growth of the sport I mean is there anything kind of like would would Sam of 2013 kind of be shocked and surprised at say the the spectacle that exists now um i think the the biggest thing now is like it took um it took winning the games to to be able to go professional mm-hmm. um, whereas now like a lot of athletes can come into the sport and already been earning enough uh, through sponsorship and also the prize money from off-season competitions is enough that a lot of people can um come into the sport and be professional it doesn't have to be that you're like T is the one winning so nobody else in that respect (laughs) nobody else would be able to be professional at the time so um, definitely a monetary wise which will only keep uh, growing the sport um, as more people can dedicate the the full time so that's why you're seeing uh, athletes coming through kind of like Mal O'Brien and uh, Emma Carey that they probably started CrossFit around the same time as I did. Mm-hmm. And they're now coming into the sport and they can, uh, they're finishing school up and they, they're not having to go and find a part-time job. They've already got the backing to be able to pursue it as a full-time career. So it's pretty cool to, to see that. Uh, I mean, I won the games when I was 31. So you think like uh, Mal O'Brien and Emma Carey going to the games when they were 17, my I didn't start CrossFit until I was 27 so it's pretty pretty crazy in that respect yeah no absolutely and I think that there's a lot of kind of like I say different things to kind of consider we were talking about it earlier with your training say like you know you add the complexities of injury and age and things like that it does create kind of like a bit of a an apples and oranges comparison um you mentioned there around and I think it's a great way of measuring it in that like athletes can kind of go professional go full-time like as part of the journey to try and get to the games like it's great that sponsorship exists um so that they can do that but i guess in return they they sacrifice a lot 
kind of physically, socially, kind of like, you know, that bit has to become their their focus. For you, you mentioned around like, you know, in your book and kind of in previous podcasts around like going all in for the 2013 season, like coming back off, off your, your knee, like, do you see a similar comparison there? I guess we have to again recognize that you were in your in your late twenties, early thirties at that point. But does that surprise you? Oh, it's it's just different times, different like ages. Um, I suppose kind of like when you're a teenager and you're still living with your parents, you have kind of at least you don't have those financial worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of when I made the decision. So in 2012, when uh, I had to pull out of uh, the uh, CrossFit Open uh, due to my knee, it was like kind of that turning point where I was like, if I'm fit enough in 2013, I, I want to go all in. So then it's like, realistically, how do I do that? So for 2012, I was uh, working full-time as a firefighter, taking on extra shifts where I could take on extra shifts. I was running uh, training camps. We had opened up Train Manchester, so I was coaching classes, um, and then I'm trying to train full-time as an athlete. Also, I could save up and make sure that I was financially in a good place. Uh, when the Open started in 2013, I could I literally, the day that the Open started, I worked my last night shift knowing that I was financially stable to go fully in that season. So a lot of things had to be put into to place where I think you have the luxury kind of when you're younger that maybe you don't have those financial burdens. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also a lot of things that uh, like I experienced when I was younger that they are missing out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, going all in at such a younger age so uh, I suppose it's a little bit like you were saying with the apples and oranges you've Mm -hmm. you've got different things that you need to sacrifice and different worries but is one harder or easier than the other or are they the same relative to the age that you're actually at yeah yeah no and it's it's a very good point like not to try and draw like a perfect comparison because there there are those those differences but I guess like you know I imagine like at the games now that there is such a spectrum of athletes with different experience because I guess like you know say the first time you went in um 2010 you know there's there's only been a, a few years before that whereas now you know you've got there's so of, many years to compare upon yeah multi multi years uh, like veterans I think we call them even as soon as you're going back for one time but it enables like I guess a little a richer diversity in the in the kind of experiences and and then I guess like the the pastoral support that can come right you know kind of the support you can give to people like Emma Carey as they come through kind of whether it be about the nerves or more about don't worry about this do worry about that yeah yeah um, so you, t- you talk about going all in, like, you know, there, and there were many things in your kind of wider kind of life that you need to kind of get in, in line to enable you to kind of go with that focus, finishing your final shift, like night shift in the, in, in, in the fire, um, fire service. Like, would you say, and we've talked, you know, already mentioned, you've had a few kind of injuries over, over the years, like, was there a doubling down in 2013, but has there subsequently had to be more like doubling down again to say like come back from injury and things like that? Well, no, I think like the, um, so the going all in, the biggest difference was not working nights. Mm. Like 
just having a, a a good sleep routine makes such a big difference. And then uh, it also gave me the opportunity. Uh, I went out and I trained with uh, Lindsay Valenzuela in America. And we did that before regionals and then again before the games. And I think like I had awesome people that I would train with in the UK, but they, their main goals were all regionals. Mm-hmm. It was kind of then taking it up a level and I'm training with somebody else whose main goal was to win the games. Mm-hmm. So just having that push day in, day out, and uh, just training with somebody who was dedicating the same as me for the same goal, I think made like such a, a huge difference. Um the doubling down like after injuries and stuff is more um, just changing your focus. It wasn't like I was spending more time in the gym. Uh, I was spending the same time in the gym, but most of the time was focused and dedicated Mm -hmm. on rehab and just making sure that I was coming back, um, trying to come back stronger or better than before. Yeah. So it wasn't about having to find more chips because you'd already gone all in with all yeah. your time it was more about what square you were putting those chips on yeah. for, for the focus now okay now it's cool um I, I actually so I know I've done a bit of looking back there and it's really nice to kind of hear, hear you kind of reflect on that I really enjoyed reading your, your open letter um what I want to dig into a little bit now and you've touched on this already saying Emma enjoys kind of going a little bit kind of <laughs> to a dark place more than you than and you kind of say that for competition but one of the things I was I was looking at is like when we think like like so your your knee injury, but then like you had your you fractured your foot, you've had your shoulder injury, and then the elbow fracture as well. Like I was like, oh, Sam knows how to grit through injury, right? Because there were a few of those where you were like, well, we'll just do regionals or we'll just do masters, like the online age group qualifiers. Like you're also known for like your engine, and is there a little bit there where your ability to grit? Now, obviously, an acute injury is a different type of grit to say holding on on a on a on a rowerg. But is that kind of a ability to put yourself into that kind of adversity enabled you to both develop the engine and then utilize it in competition? Uh, I think they're probably like the the same kind of thing. Um, when you're working hard in a workout, it doesn't matter what kind of pain it is. It's like you still, it still sucks. So it's the ability to kind of like switch that off and just be able to kind of like do the task in hand. Um, I think being more of a, an endurance athlete, um, I like to hold a, a, an uncomfortable pace, but like a manageable pace for a long time uh, and I think that's the difference between like Emma being more of a power athlete she can actually touch that dark place a lot easier than me I'm mm-hmm. like um she can go up I'm like I take a while to get like up there <laughs> mm-hmm. um I I want to now like start looking at, at this year a bit um very kind of like so you know it was the end of last season I guess maybe around before Rogue, you you were open with this would be your last year as a as an individual, um, and you had your open letter and, and things like that. Um, I guess like looking at the last few years, like media loves to create stories, right? And I probably have to kind of yeah. include myself roughly in that, and thus that kind of sets expectations. I guess before actually looking specifically at this season, actually, I want to. I'm thinking more of the last few seasons. Have you kind of 
I think you've mentioned around surpassing your own expectations, say coming back from your shoulder, coming back from your elbow. But have you enjoyed, say, like maybe actually starting to kind of like challenge the expectations set by the wider media, right? You know, the kind of successive years of, say, like winning Dubai for the 2019 season and then finishing fourth in 2021. Is that been quite a, an enjoy? Is it, have you enjoyed that kind of like both exceeding your own expectations, but kind of dashing the narrative set by the the wider media? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think um, no one's immune to, like, when you hear something or you read something, um, it's like as much as you try to tell yourself, like, it doesn't matter, it's like, that's just somebody's opinion. Like, you do, you do actually kind of, like, take it on. So, like, when... Um, like for the 2018 Dubai for the 2019 season, it's like I was discounted. It was um, it was like I was too old to to win it. And it's like so then I actually take that narrative on. So then when I win it, I'm like I actually like shocked myself. I'm like, well, how the hell have I done this? But then you're like, it's proving to me it's like well you really can't like listen to the media it's like you can you can only control what you can control so kind of like f you to, <laughs> to them like <laughs> kind of like to yourself as well it's like believing yourself if you want something you go out and you go get it um and so hopefully it also tells that story to other people who read that and they're like oh yeah it says that Sam Briggs is too old it's like don't discount somebody just because of their mm -hmm. age. Don't discount somebody. Uh, like you'll hear people like, um, so Sarah's coming back from injury. Don't discount somebody just because they're coming back from injury. You don't know like all the work that like they've put in or where they're building. And a lot of time, like the media will see one, one glimpse of somebody's training or one glimpse of uh, a competition that might not have gone uh, completely their way. And then they like discount people. And it's like, it's just, you could go prove those people wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, yeah, definitely kind of for other people to hear that as well, because we were discussing there how athletes now are going professional with an attempt to get to the games, right? So they can spend season after season toiling in the trenches of whether it be regional sanctionals semi-finals quarterfinals and I think that kind of like f you to others but equally kind of like almost that maybe f you to the the doubt in your own mind that like just yeah. you 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 don't know what you're capable of until you try right out there and you're doing it and the thing is like with competition you always find that like extra something it's mm -hmm. like when you're training uh, you think that you're putting in the full effort, but then when you're in front of the crowds and you're actually going head to head with somebody else, it's like a whole different ball game compared to the online competitions. It's like you just find that extra something. So mm -hmm. never discount yourself until you're on that competition floor and you're going to toe to toe with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And Sid's not far away now, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, at first, I, uh, I was so glad that I got strength in depth because. Um, I'm finally like I feel like my legs are finally like starting to come back so I was like the extra couple of weeks I was like yep time to get like stronger and fitter and now I'm like I feel like I've been waiting forever already I'm like <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I was going in two weeks now <laughs> <laughs> it's just about that now trying to hold that readiness right ready to kind of go <laughs> all right there's definitely definitely still got um a lot more that I can like improve on um 
just like little things like we had uh, assault bike intervals last week and I was holding RPMs that I didn't think I'd be able to hold because I finally feel like both legs are working. I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, and, and great. You know, like you say, you're coming in the final season as like an individual, but kind of still getting that in that surprising yourself. And because at the end of like what we train for is to kind of better ourselves as well as the kind of competitive element. Right. So it, it's great to kind of still be kind of moving the needle in that direction. Yeah. I just want to turn up that strength in depth and regardless of the results, um, just kind of like put on a good show. Yeah. It's like, this is my last year and to be a semifinals, uh, like in front of the home crowd is just going to be amazing. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Before we do talk about kind of semifinals, um, just touching a little bit more on that kind of like how media can kind of create the, can create the narrative it wants. Right. And it's about, sometimes proving them wrong like when you kind of announced this would be your final season but then also putting that open letter out was that in a way about kind of almost like owning the narrative yourself and preventing some of the speculation and actually setting the scene yourself for the season going forward um yeah I mean there was a lot of questions uh, and especially because uh the the trouble that I was having with uh, my knee uh, like I had a lot of trouble uh, at Rogue with my knee. We thought we'd got on top of it uh, and it just actually got worse before DFC. So I was actually going to pull out of DFC, uh, but we decided to still go ahead and um, not do Waterpalooza instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, just wanted to kind of then, there was like a lot of rumors, like what's happening or like what's wrong with the knee, like, are you still going to compete? Is it your last year? What's what's the goals? Uh, so I just kind of like wanted to put a letter out there, which is kind of like my view and the reasons why. So this is this is what my aim is for this year, um, just so that it wasn't somebody else kind of like guessing or putting their own reasons to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that often happens, right? Where there's a perceived, rightly or wrongly, a lack of kind of you know kind of storyline often like people will jump in and fill that void kind of yeah. in uh, and quite often incorrectly so now I think it's cool I think it's it's a nice it's really nice and I think like say that reflective aspect in the open letter as well is, is really nice and probably gives a lot of inspiration to people too um before we go to semi-finals I don't want to jump over quarterfinals like which from the outside like could I imagine seem like a bit of a, a roller coaster kind of having to go through the the backfill process into the semifinals? Yeah, I mean, like, we always know that uh, a max lift is going to hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for some reason this year, they gave us three lifts. So it's like, not only was I going to get beaten by somebody who was better at benching than me, but then there was also a gap going to open up that somebody's better than overhead squats and then more of a gap when somebody's better on a clean. So instead of me just doing bad on a lift, it was then three times as as bad. So yeah. that was probably kind of the worst case scenario going, going into quarterfinals. And um, where I would be able to pick up points before and take some wins uh, I just didn't have it in my legs right then to mm-hmm. push. Uh, I mean, I still did like pretty well on the uh, muscle up workout. My pistols were just slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the handstand push up with the walking lunges, 
Uh, lunges are still the only thing that really bothers my knee. And I had to do that workout twice. Uh, so my own fault, I didn't read on the rules that the plates had to be against the wall. So I did my workout and then I was judging somebody else. I reread the rules and then saw when I went to do something oh, else. No. no. So, uh, yeah, so I had to redo that workout twice and then my legs were just shot. So mm-hmm. I worked out where I probably should have won the wall ball, shuttle run and rope climb workout. My legs, I was like running, I was like a stalk. <laughs> like my legs were just <laughs> like concrete. Um, so I just wasn't able to kind of like pick up some extra points where in the past I would have been able to kind of like bounce back from that lift with mm-hmm. a few ex, a few higher placings on the, the other workouts. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and actually you kind of like, that, that was going to be my comment and that like, a, a total with three lifts is just kind of like going to further kind of like disadvantage any athlete who has like strength numbers that are on the lower side of the kind of like the the competitive field and like I think event four this year was like you were 328 versus say for the front squat the 4RM front squat the year before 150th yeah. so it kind of shows how that that is going to over penalize right so it's uh there's only so much making up you can do uh, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> like, I tried. Uh, and then with the, the snatch workout as well, like the year before, I was touching going the, the snatch um, mm-hmm. in the snatch burpee box jump of a workout. And this year, I'd only just been back kind of snatching and like touching that weight. So mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to move that barbell as fast as I was able to do there the year before they gave me a row but they gave me 30 calories at the beginning of a workout <laughs> where I had to just go steady I was like I don't even get an advantage here <laughs> yeah, yeah put that row at the end please <laughs> um you mentioned talking about like earlier we were talking about laser focus from kind of one event to another one stage of the season to another like off the back of individual quarterfinals was there like just a clinical laser focus switch to the age group quarterfinals or was there a little bit of a downtime time to kind of like process and regroup uh no so the the plan was still uh individual quarterfinals uh looking at the leaderboard I was hopeful that uh they were gonna kind of sort the leaderboard out a bit more than they did there Mm -hmm. there were quite a lot of scores I mean not the rope climb not just the rope climb one to say but a lot of people's scores were they may have only just put two scores in and it's like if you're doing a competition you don't turn up to regional yeah. and it's like oh, I don't like day one I'm just going to do day two it's like <laughs> your scores shouldn't count if all you're going to do is come in and do the lift and the snatch I just I just want to see how I rack up in that it's yeah. like no 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 that's not how it works <laughs> so I was hoping that those scores would have uh, disappeared and I would have like been uh, bumped up a little bit more but unfortunately, what happened with the leaderboard this year, I think a lot of people were in a worse situation than me with the, the rope climb workout. Mm. Uh, so I was lucky in the respect that when we were looking at the leaderboard, we kind of figured it out that I should still kind of be in that cut with the people that we knew were, were going to go team or mm-hmm. going to go um, masters. Uh, but then it was like such a long time before they did any backfill invites. So then I was like, well, they never said that backfill was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So then, then my mind shifted. I was like, right, okay, 
I've got to go 100% into the age group qualifier now. And then literally the week of the age group qualifiers, I got the invite. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. So it, were you kind of like almost like locked and loaded for the age group qualifiers? I'm trying to think what the chronology was of the kind of like you appearing on the semifinal kind of roster versus the age group actual quarterfinal weekend. They must have been almost yeah, about was, the same. It was that week. Um, yeah. so I, I think it was the the Monday maybe um, of the week of um, the age group qualifiers, uh, I got the invite and I actually like for a couple of hours were like, I don't know what to do because I then put it in my mind that I was going age group. Mm. So then I'm like, well, and then I was talking to my friend and she was like, you said you were going all in this year. She's like, you're always going to, question what if if you go masters so I was like yeah you're right so <laughs> accepted uh but I still registered for the age group so it was just a good test to see kind of like where the legs were uh mm-hmm. have have we managed to improve from when the individual quarterfinals were can I can I push them more are they able to to like handle the load a little bit more um and I think I did pretty well. I took three firsts, a fourth, and then what, a 91st on the lift or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, fantastic. No, I appreciate you kind of like I reflecting definitely, I definitely felt like I could push the legs a little bit more. Still yeah. wasn't 100% happy with where they are yet, but I was like a lot more happy with uh, how they handled uh, the volume and stuff compared to mm. when we did the individuals. And I suppose that's the thing, right? That this is a, prepping for the semifinals is about building confidence as much as it is capacity, right? And they yeah. feed off each other. So getting that experience would have been kind of valuable from from that point. Um, you've been over this side of the pond for for a while, I think. Like you, you came over after individual quarterfinals. You've been down to Club La Santa in Tenerife. Yeah. Now you're back, kind of training with Emma in Northern Ireland, but equally over in. Uh, train Manchester a little bit as well so yeah so we went back to uh, the UK before we went to Lanzarote uh, we did a little training camp and I just went back and saw the family and saw saw the guys at, at train uh, I'm still uh, like a part owner at train so I've got to always go pop my head in when when I'm over and see everybody so uh, yeah the plan was to go back to the U.S. And then when I got the invite for London, uh, it just kind of made sense. I was able to swap a few things around and rearrange a few things so that I didn't have to fly back to the US. Um, and then it would have probably been like a two, three week turnover and then fly fly back here. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as it is relatively easy now to, to hop across the pond, there's no point kind of uh, kind of putting that disruption into it if, if you can make it make it work. Yeah, it's just kind of the effect on training. So I would have probably lost uh, a few days when I went back. um, And then it's a few days when you come back here. And uh, the flight prices, when I was looking, they were nearly doubled for my return flight in June after semifinals. So, and I was able to just move my flight for free, or it would have been like nearly double the price if I was booking a new flight. So I was like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like how about if I offer to take Nicole on holiday and she looks after the dogs while I stay here for a while so it might sweeten the deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah no brainer no brainer on that one um so like 
is this kind of like the first time you've managed to get back across the pond in the last couple of years with all like travel restrictions and stuff have you i guess like chance to see family but equally drop in at train like it's is it is it been good to kind of like get that extended period of time and then with emma as well i guess you saw emma in january at waterpalooza too yeah uh i've been like pretty lucky because uh, i have a residency card in the us but i still have a uk passport so once the the big lockdown was over i was able to kind of like fly uh, back and forth so uh last year's semi-finals i came and did with with emma uh mm-hmm. because obviously they were online but at least uh we could go against each other and kind of like still have that competition vibe uh and then I was back here in November in the prep for Dubai. Okay. Um, and then she was out uh, for Waterpalooza. Um, and then, yeah, I came uh, came here just before Lanzarote. And then luckily I don't annoy her too much. So I'm allowed, <laughs> I'm allowed to stay until the uh, semifinals. <laughs> awesome oh no that's good I'm glad it kind of works out well for you in terms of like like you say being able to like home is obviously Ohio now but you know still got connection you know strong connections here as well like both family and and kind of box right and friends so yeah um let's kind of like you know as we kind of realize going through a lot kind of let's focus on semi-finals then you've already mentioned you to kind of be I'm going to call it a home crowd I don't know whether you necessarily would call it still like an OG home crowd (laughs) um like you want to put on a, a good show. This will be the first, like, obviously we've had two years of CrossFit strength and depth as a, as a sanctional. Now it's kind of a semi-final, but it will your first time at the XL, right? In, in, in that kind of uh, environment. So I did um, a kind of fun team um, the year that they did their first sanctionals there. Um, okay it was kind of a last minute uh one i think jst had like 10 teams in that year uh, and one of the teams uh there are the there of a girl uh was injured um uh, mm-hmm. just like two days out from the competition or something and it was sam robinson and uh isla duffy who were both from train manchester and then john mm-hmm. buller from jst so they were like please, will you just like join our team so we still get to compete? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so I actually uh, did take part of the, the competition that year. That was their first uh, sanctional. And then the second year? Would it have been the second year or would it have been the first? 2020, so it was like, Jan- it was like, beginning of 2020 was the second year i think right so because yeah. 2019 season was the first year so and and yeah. like sid's always been at the beginning of the calendar year so yeah, yeah. So. oh yeah the first year was when we did the uh open announcement at like 2 a.m at the, uh, the, yeah. the the docks there me Kelly yeah yeah even faster I thought uh, there was me thinking, uh, yeah, I've, I completely skipped my mind. I was racking, racking the leaderboard, racking my brain, trying to remember yeah. going through socials. But I mean, it's it's obviously di- going to be different this time going out uh, as an individual. Like you're going to be going oh, yeah. out. It's going to be my first time, like on the on the main stage, like playing playing there. <laughs> for yeah. a is is um now you mentioned that you did semi-finals with Emma last year but you were I think you were Lowlands Emma was German no it was the other way around you were German throwdown Emma was Lowlands and you were both at the games 
last year competing together is the yeah. dynamic you've been training together a lot as well is the dynamic going to change at like a semi-final event knowing how competitive the field is and how few qualification spots is is there like a like an unsaid kind of like dynamic shift i hope not we're sharing a room yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no like uh, there's definitely like been a been a, a huge shift like uh, I've been training with Emma since 2016 and it was like I was uh, I was qualifying and she was just on the cusp of qualifying and there's been a shift now where she's kind of like overtaken me and now, now I'm on the cusp and she's like uh the, the show in um no like it's it's amazing I've been training with her since uh, 2016 like I said and uh, she's had the potential to be like a top 10 games athlete since since then, just never been able to kind of like put it all together actually in competition. Uh, and then the last like couple of years, just seeing her like qualifying for her first games, finding her feet uh, this uh, this last year, like coming just narrowly missing out on the top 10 and then going into Waterpalooza and like winning uh, Waterpalooza. It's like finally people are seeing the Emma McQuaid that I saw like back in 2016. So, so it's awesome to... Uh, Obviously, I've loved my journey through CrossFit, but then to see and be like a, a big part of other people's journeys is mm-hmm. uh, like just as rewarding, if not like more rewarding um, mm-hmm. like to see other people and just to see other people's dreams. It was like, it was my dream to win the CrossFit Games back. It was after 2011 coming forth. It was like, I can be on the podium. And so it was my dream back then. And I achieved my dream in 2013. And then to like work alongside somebody else who whose dream is now to like be the best in the sport and just to see her put in the work and the determination. So it's it's cool. Oh no, that's nice. And I think like it, it's like say you you kind of go all in and kind of get to realize your own dream, but then I guess to to see others come through and experience that and to experience it alongside them, right? Because you're still out on the competition floor yourself. So um, do you feel then, are you able to kind of flip between that? I mean, you're, uh, you know, you were coach for Emma at, at Waterpalooza. So there you were kind of supporting her off the competition floor, but can you kind of blend between the two, regardless of whether you're both on the leaderboard or one of you is on the leaderboard? Oh, like definitely. Um, and like, I think it's actually cool. I know she wanted Lowlands, but if this is going to be my last major competition to like do it and be on the competition floor with her, it's going to be a great experience kind of for us both. Uh, I fully support her and have no doubt that she's going to make it back to the games. And if I can be in that top five with her, I'll be fighting for that top five. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just like it has to be me or her. Hopefully it can be both of us. Yeah, no, like, Emma's looking super strong off the back of like Waterpalooza. But, you know, I, I'm known to love the stats and, and the stats, your, your stats, but also your like, like more holistic reputation firmly put you in the mix as well. So I know I'm going to be at Sid and I'm super excited to kind of watch not only both you and Emma throwing down, but like the, the host of kind of athletes from across Europe. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, no, definitely. And the, the number of kind of like UK athletes and stuff that are going to be there, uh, I just imagine the crowd's going to be hectic. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Is, is there anything like, you know, Sid are known for kind of like, you know, I guess one year they had the the kind of rowing and things like that. Like, do you enjoy the kind of, I don't, I have no idea what's happening this year, but do you enjoy the kind of like 
that unknown kind of like, is there anything you're like, right, oh, I wonder what they're going to be trying to test us on this year? I don't mind that, like when you're at the games, like kind of if they're going to throw something a little bit unusual in there, like, and, and that's like how some you're going to like find who's going to the games or not. It's like if somebody's a specialist or somebody's like done that in their past, they kind of like have an advantage over everybody else. So I'm kind of hopeful that it's just going to be kind of like classic CrossFit mm-hmm. and nothing kind of unusual or trying to be like fancy. And I think Sid is pretty well known for, for being CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see some good, just traditional CrossFit workouts yeah. and, and leave the weird stuff for like when they're at the games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and that's a valid point. Like it's great to kind of put something unusual in there. And if the, you know, it gives someone a chance to shine and it's a bit of a spectacle, but I guess it's, it's the consequence of that spectacle. Right. Cause you know, when, when, it, when the leaderboard is so tight, I want to, um, I want to finish like looking forward then, um, you know, you, you've already mentioned it. You're, I think you're starting the fire Academy, right. In kind of later this year. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, I have my interview on the 16th of June. So I get back from Sid on the 14th, rush out on the 15th and try buy something to wear for an interview. Cause I've not had an interview since I joined the fire service in the UK back in 2004. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but is that is that going like back in as like i don't know it's like a kind of recruit like because you're a watch yeah, commander I right to, i have to go back like to the beginning yeah. like yeah uh, i think i'm gonna enjoy it like uh my like aspirations will be to like get promoted and be become an officer again but i definitely think that i'll make the most of a couple of years just taking orders from somebody else and just enjoying being a firefighter again. Mm-hmm. Like I, like if I hadn't have found CrossFit and been as successful in CrossFit, then I definitely would have still been a firefighter now. So uh, um, uh, it's a little bit daunting to think I've got to go back, uh, like being a recruit again, because I do remember being a recruit, <laughs> a recruit back in uh, 2004. But uh, yeah, it's quite exciting at the same time. Uh, no, I bet, I bet. And it's going to be kind of, well, I guess because you'll be in a different country as well. So it's not like going back and doing oh, the kind of yeah, the same thing kind of, you know, however many years later. So, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a different experience there. That, that's for sure. Um, you also have mentioned that, you know, you'll still be involved in, in CrossFit. I, I guess like, you know, you've got kind of CrossFit Cornerstone, right? I, I guess is where you're kind of yeah. training. But, you know, you mentioned a little bit about coaching and I guess you've done what you, you know, you're at Waterpalooza with Emma as a coach, like, we've all seen the kind of pastoral role that you can play like at live events. Do you, knowing you're going back into the, like that, well, looking to go back into the fire Academy, all being well, kind of successful promotion to kind of officer, like, do you, what, what's the role you see in kind of coaching? Is it more like say pastoral and remote versus say eyes on day to day, week to week coaching? Um, I haven't made like a, a, a like cast iron like decision yet. Uh, once like if I'm getting to the academy that'll be six months where I'll be doing very little training outside of the academy it might be like an hour each day and then weekends trying to like get into the gym and actually do some CrossFit um, so like there'll definitely be no opportunities for for coaching there but once I get into the fire service you're then on shift work 
So mm-hmm. that'll allow me to get back into the gym and to, to train myself um, and then possibly work with a few others. Uh, I've been working alongside a teenager called Maggie um, out of Cornerstone and it'd be awesome to see her kind of like progress and possibly make it to the games herself. Um, like I really enjoyed working with Emma at Waterpalooza. I think it would just have to be the, the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, cause you've g- going to have commitments, right. You know, not just kind of stay within the fire surface, but you know, personal commitments, right. A chance to kind of have more time away from the gym if you want it. Right. So it's kind of making sure the match is right. But, uh, oh no, that's uh, kind of really, really exciting on, on, on both fronts and kind of look forward to that. Um, Sam, I don't want to take any more of your time. Going to let you relax for the rest of the evening. Kind of, I imagine there's more training tomorrow. Definitely. Big day. James, uh, Joust is flying over tonight. So we'll get two days with uh, his watchful eyes eyes on us. Ah, fantastic. Fantastic. And will he kind of like, is his is his eyes, because like you say, you started working with him on movement mechanics. Is is that is that his focus with you on that kind of efficiency of movement? Or will he kind of like critique execution in a wad as well, as it were? Uh, he'll, he'll like take care of uh, everything. Um and uh, the, he coaches Mickey Smith as well, and he's got Lowlands. So, like, he's coming over to make sure that he's, like, firing on all cylinders and getting ready for um, Lowlands. Fantastic. <laughs> Emma's just coming dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm super, thank you again for your time. It's been really special to talk to you, especially for, you know, well, it would have been special for any episode, but for the 100th, it's, it's awesome. So, um, I'm really pleased you're having a great time kind of in the UK training with Emma and I'm, I'm super excited to, to, to know that you'll be stepping on the floor in what is your final individual season um, at, at strength and depth in front of a home crowd. But I do also think you're going to be on the floor with, with many kind of athletes, both from the UK and more broadly Europe, who will have been inspired to kind of get in, to kind of put, to strive to kind of compete at such a high level in CrossFit. You'll have in, inspired them. And I know there'll be many in the crowd that you've inspired as well. So thank you for everything you've done for the sport and, and the best of luck for this season and beyond. No, thank you. And thanks a lot for those kind words. <laughs>